Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. What did Joseph have to do with Jesus? Joseph was what? Jesus is? It was really more of Jesus' stepdad. And you all have a stepdad? Jesus had a stepdad. He had an earthly father named Joseph, but you know what we learn in Luke chapter 2 and in Luke chapter 1? That his true father was the Holy Spirit. God was his father. So Jesus was born of Mary in Bethlehem, which is in the Middle East. And when Jesus was born, they put him in a crib with linen sheets and a little mobile over his head, because that's what you do when you have a baby. So that's how it happened, right? What happened? Where, was, where, where did they put Jesus after, they, after he was born? Just shout it out. A manger. How, do you, what, okay. How, what was it, what did a manger look like? What do you think a manger looks like? A feeding trough, a box, a hole in the ground. What do you think a manger looks like? What's really interesting, listen up, listen up. Some been some really interesting things here, but let me tell you, I want to tell you about a few manger things that you may not know about. Did you know that? Jesus, when he was laid in a manger, most mangers were made out of stone at that time. We usually think of this little box of wood with hay, don't we? Most mangers, most feeding troughs were made out of stone that had hay in it. So Jesus was in this feeding trough. They gave in this feeding trough. Well, why in the world? I mean, do most people have feeding troughs in their living room? Any of y'all have a feeding trough in your living room? Some of you do. Okay. Um, if you go to Golden Corral, you can see what a feeding trough looks like. Um, <laughs> but um, but they, here's something else a lot of people don't. Here's a, something else that we, in our pictures, we get it wrong. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and what kind of building was he born in? Most of us think a barn, but actually, if you look into it, if you look into it, Jesus was likely born in one of two places. One was a cave because that's where a lot of people kept their livestock because they could protect them from wolves and stuff. The other option is that if you read it says there was no room for them in the inn, we think of like a hotel. We think of like Joseph and Mary trying to check into the Hilton and there's no rooms, okay? Back in the first century, every house had a, every house had a guest room. And you all have a house and it's like you have this guest room and you're not allowed to go in there, you're not allowed to mess it up because if you have company... That's where they stay. Um, Yeah, a house with a guest room. It was like a guest, kind of like a guest apartment. Well, Joseph and Mary went to visit their relatives in Bethlehem. There was no room for them in the guest apartment. So what a lot of first century homes would be like, and this is weird, okay? This is one of those weird manger things. Hey, guys, right up here. This is one of those weird manger things. Um, People would have holes in the side of their main living room. And on the inside of their living room, they'd have feeding troughs so their barnyard animals could stick their heads in their living room and eat out of the feeding trough. So it's possible Jesus was born in a living room and laid in that feeding trough. So a lot of interesting facts. 
And I want you to read two verses with me in Luke chapter 2. Jeff's going to bring them up on the screen that tell us exactly how Jesus was born. While they were there, which is in Bethlehem in Luke 2, it says the time came for the baby to be born. She, meaning Mary, gave birth to a firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there is no guest room available for them. That's Luke chapter 2 in the NIV. Um, Just like the manger things were kind of strange, right? Jesus, who was God in human form, God in a bod, as I like to say, um, was not born in some fancy schmancy hotel. He was born in an inn. He was born in 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 a rented room, and he was put in a feeding trough, and he was wrapped with strips of cloth for clothing. And there he was, the savior of the universe, probably about 20 inches long, probably about seven pounds and six ounces. And there he is. So, you know, when you read the Bible, sometimes you learn some, like, really super deep truths that have a lot of, like, isms and schisms and spasms at the end of it. Um, Sometimes you read and you see some stuff that's just so simple, but yet you never think of it in the way that we think of it. So I want you to think about two different things, and then we're going to pray. We're going to start wrapping these gifts. Now, if you've come here for the past couple of weeks, you know what these gifts represent. Um, there, are some peop- there are some middle schoolers that, as a church, we try to reach out to. We try to help um, because they may not have, like, food to eat during the weekend or enough food to eat during the weekend. We just kind of affectionately, like, call them our backpack kids, and, and we send food to them every week. Wyatt and I go to the middle schools. Wyatt and I go to the middle schools. We go to Huntington East. Um, we go to Huntington Middle School, and we drop these food, this food off with a counselor, and we get to give, kind of you know, sometimes hand it out to the kids. Um, we try to do Christmas gifts for them because they may not have, like, a great Christmas morning. Um, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be wrapping these gifts. Wyatt and I are going to be dropping them off tomorrow. Now, also in each of these gift bags is going to be a Bible and verses on it highlighted with the plan of salvation. Um, so it's not just about giving gifts to people, it's about spreading the news of Jesus. Um, so that's what we're doing, and we're doing this um, for people that live in a city that is going through a lot of trouble right now. Um, you realize Huntington at this point now has more murders per capita than Detroit, than Washington, D.C. Our little city of Huntington that teenagers, people that are your age or maybe just a couple years older than you are being shot at because they've been mixed up with the wrong group of people. There's a reason we're doing this because these people desperately, desperately need Jesus. So if you watch the news, any of y'all watch the news, I try not to very often, but like sometimes it'll just be on. They shouldn't just call it the news. They should call it the bad news. If they made a news, that, a news channel that's called the Good News Channel, I'd watch that because I get tired of hearing bad news. But if you hear all the bad news about Huntington, you think, okay, Matt told me to bring a gift. I went to the store, spent 20 bucks, got some clothes, got a video game, and here I am with my gifts. Some good that's going to do. You know, what's like a pair of underwear going to help in the grand scheme of things in a city that has a higher crime rate than Detroit right now? Well, I want you to look at two things that we learn from these manger things that I think really can encourage us. Here's the first thing. Here's kind of like the first truth. With God, big things, big gifts come in small packages. You know when you, 
as you get older, remember when you were a little kid, you always wanted, and, you, and all the gifts were under the tree, you always wanted the biggest gift, you know? Like if there was one that was like this tall, you're like, I want to open that one. But as you get older, you start getting smarter. And you start to learn, I want to open the card. Because the card has the cash. And cash money is what it's all about. You know, sometimes usually the best gifts come in the smallest packages and consider the best gift to ever be given to mankind came in an incredibly small package. It says, she gave birth to a firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. You know, these cloths, they were like called swaddling cloths. Um, so when, when you guys get older, much older, and have kids of your own, um, when you go to the hospital, they're going to give you a swaddling blanket. And what you do is you take that baby and you fold it this way, and then you fold it up, and then you fold it this way, and it turns this baby into like this little compact sack of potato type thing. Okay? And the baby is all like the arms are in here, the legs are curled up, and the baby feels safe. So you swaddle a baby. And I remember the first when I swaddled Addison, I was actually an incredible swaddler. Um, I wasn't good at changing diapers, but I could swaddle you. I mean, I could swaddle you up one side and down the other. You know, and... um. And I'll never forget the, yeah, I, when I swaddled her and I picked her up and I held her, just how, I mean, she was, she was a, a newborn baby, how tiny and how compact she was. I could literally, I'd, I'd do this a lot, I would just, she'd be laying, like, we'd have her on the floor, I'd swaddle her, I'd pick her up with one hand, be able to pick her up with one hand, hold her like this, look at her, and just go like this. She was that small. I don't know if that's right, maybe not, but I did it. She was that small. So think about, think about this, Mary wrapped Jesus in strips of cloth. Jesus was so small that Joseph could pick him up with one hand. Think about Joseph in one hand holding the biggest, greatest gift that could ever come to the world. Because through that little package that now we call Jesus, you can spend an eternity in heaven. I can spend an eternity in heaven. My sins are forgiven. All because of that little package. So what we know, and God told this to Mary before she had Jesus, that with God, everything is possible. So when you look at a gift, don't judge the gift by how much it costs. When you look at a gift, don't judge the gift by how valuable it is or how big it is. Don't judge it by whether or not even the kid that gets the gift is going to like it or be able to use it. Judge it by this. This gift is a sacrifice that you're giving to God. And just like Jesus came as a baby, this gift, it's hard to tell the implications of this gift and what it can do. This gift may save someone's life. So we know and we learn because of the birth of Jesus that with God, big gifts come in small packages. And here's the second one. And then we're going to dismiss and we're going to start wrapping gifts. Here's the second one. With God, with God, the unredeemable become redeemers. And I need to explain what I say by, the, by this. There is only one true redeemer with a capital R. What's the true redeemer's name with a capital R? Jesus. Jesus is the one who bought us from sin and, and, and paid the ransom, paid the price for us so that we could become children of God. Okay, I understand that. But let me, let, let me, kind, of, let me kind of give you a couple, a, a couple ideas here. Jesus was from an area that was called pretty much an unredeemable area. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is a very small city, but Jesus grew up in his 
mom and stepdad were from a town called Nazareth. And Nazareth was not a well-known town. Let me tell you what happened. Jesus was going around when he was older. He was going around and he was preaching. He was healing people. He was doing, you know, the Jesus stuff. You know what I mean by the Jesus stuff? He was healing people. He was preaching. And they asked Jesus where he came from. And when they found out Jesus came from Nazareth, you know what they did? They go, psh. You know what I mean by that? Somebody tells you, somebody tells you something that doesn't impress you, and you're like, psh. Even maybe do the little, uh-uh, or the psh, you know? Jesus said, I'm from Nazareth, and they go, psh, and then they say this. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Maybe you've heard it said like this before. Can anything good come out of West Virginia? Can anything good come out of Huntington? Jesus came from an area that was considered by even the, even the cities around him and the people around him to be an unredeemable, unredeemable area. But God chose for his son to grow up in Nazareth, to be born in Bethlehem, the overlooked, written-off places of the earth. Um, there's an article that I've had in my Bible. Let's see. This was um, actually almost a year ago, December 26, 2016. It's an article from the Herald Disgrace. And uh, that's what I call it anyway. I call it the Herald Disgrace. And it's an article about a teen, a teenager who was slain, who was stabbed in an attempted robbery in Huntington. And this teenager was somebody that I knew of. Um, not that it makes, not that you know somebody because you do this, but he was, we followed each other on Twitter. Um, he several times walked in the doors of this youth group. He got caught up with the wrong people and ended up being killed because he was with the wrong people. He was surrounded by the wrong people. And that was sad enough to me, but they interviewed someone who was kind of like an expert, I guess, on the crime in this area. And they said, what's going on here? What's going on here? And he said maybe what I believe one of the saddest things I've ever read, and this is what it was. He said a large number of these teens are unredeemable. Isn't that sad for someone to think that the teenagers in Huntington are unredeemable? redeemable. You know what I've learned the more I read the Bible? I learned that God loves to find the unredeemable, redeem them, and then turn them into agents of redemption to tell about Jesus. Think about a guy named Paul. Paul used to go around killing Christians. Then he became one, and then he started quote-unquote, making Christians by sharing the gospel. Nobody makes a Christian other than Jesus, I understand that. Paul was the one spreading the gospel. Dream with me before we wrap these gifts. What if the gift that you're wrapping is given to one of these unredeemable teenagers? They read the Bible, they meet Jesus, and they become the ones who are spreading the gospel in their neighborhoods, in their schools. What if through these gifts, the city of Huntington starts to save itself? Here's what I know. Jesus came from an area 
that was considered unredeemable. Jesus came from an area where people were written off. And I hate to say it, but a lot of people are writing off the teenagers in our area. But I believe in you guys. I really do. The reason that I kept this is because I was so mad the day I read it, I wanted to go down and throat punch the guy who said it, so that wouldn't have been a good idea. I would have got arrested. So I just printed it out and put it in my Bible. I believe in you guys. I believe in teenagers, and I believe that through these gifts and when we keep showing love to these people who probably have had not much love shown to them, that Jesus is going to change their lives, that they're going to put their faith in Jesus. And we're going to see a generation of people coming out of Huntington that are the exact opposite of what we see now. Um, So what I would ask you guys to do as you're wrapping this, we're going to have fun when we wrap, but let's make this a spiritual thing. Let's make this a thing that we're prayerful as we're wrapping. Because here's what I know. If God could come to the earth through a little baby that was wrapped in cloth, and if God could come to earth to save the earth through one of the areas of Israel that probably needed saved the most, God can take a teenager in Huntington and turn him into a champion for Christ, or turn her into a champion for Christ. So let's pray, and then I'm going to explain to you how this gift wrapping is going to happen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you use people who we look around and we think are used up and unusable. God, I pray that through these gifts, lives will be changed. I pray that through these Bibles that we put in the gift bags, that they will feed and feed and feed and feed on your word. And that it will take root in their hearts. That despite of all the influences around them, that your word will be the highest influence on their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.